join Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 3 million members. You can win up to 25 times your money by picking more or less. Download the app today and use code MIB for a first deposit match of up to $100. New Year's is now in the rearview mirror. By now, some of the excitement about our New Year's resolutions may be dying down, much like my excitement for Chelsea Football Club as we get further and further into the season. If you're looking for performance apparel that can help give you the extra push you need to keep up with your health goals, Viore has you covered. Viore creates incredibly versatile and comfortable activewear designed to look great in everyday life in and out of the gym, or in my case, on or off the tennis court. Plus, Viore is 100% offsetting their carbon footprint by offsetting 100% of their plastic footprint from 2019 and beyond. They are utilizing better sustainable materials for their products, empowering your best active life. With Viore, you can feel good about the things you buy and also how they are made. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash MIB. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash MIB. Not only Will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any US orders over $75 and free returns? Trust me, go to viore.com slash MIB and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. This is Rebecca Lowe, or Rebecca Lua, if you listen to Suboptimal Radio, and you are listening to Men in Blazers on the NBC Sports Network. It's From the Embassy Road Studios in the crap part of Soho. Take a deep breath, Rog. It's the Men in Blazers podcast. Oh, Dave. We should start recording the pre-pod, Rog, because that was, that was the best pre-pod we've ever done. <laughs> to sort of set it up for you, Rog came in today, I think we'd have to say, in a bit of a mood. Bad mood. Bit of a mood. And um, Damn you, Everton FC. Oh, it wasn't all about that. Is it all about Everton? It's partially about Everton. You know, now partially that- about... Richard Attenborough, passing. Oh, rest in peace. Great Chelsea fan, Rog. Great Chelsea fan. A great Chelsea fan. Yeah. A world, the world has lost a wonderful man, David. Great actor, great director. Few men were more mired yeah. in the British Empire than you, David. <sighs> Very few. I'd say he was one of them. Yeah. Gandhi. Yeah. India. Yeah. Cry Freedom. Uh-huh. South Africa. Uh-huh. Great Owl. Not one of his more famous movies. Jurassic Park, Rog. Canada. <laughs> When did England run Jurassic Park? Was that the, when did we give that one <laughs> back It's all been Jurassic? part of the empire at some point. Can Rog. I just tell you, Roger Bartlett in The Great Escape. Yeah. I realised yesterday, one of my top five Rogers of all time. <laughs> that was great. He was brilliant in that film, Roger. Brilliant think, in that film. Roger Taylor of Duran Duran. Yeah. Still number one. Yeah. Roger Ebert. Yeah. Number two. Yeah. Stellback. Uh-huh. Oh. So amazing, I forget he's a Roger. Roger Miller, does he even make your list? No, not even close. Wow. Not even close. Great David. African football player. But Roger Bartlett, the great movie, The Great Escape. Yeah. I don't know if it is it as popular in America as it is in England. It was on every Christmas day. Let's just pretend it is. When we were growing up. England! Love it. Amazing movie. And at the end, where I don't want to ruin the end, but if you haven't seen it by now, it has been out for about 87 <laughs> years. So I'm not sure if this needs a spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. But he's escaped. Yeah. And the, uh, he's caught in a wonderful way uh-huh. on the platform, a train platform. Yeah. When a German SS officer walks up to them, they're meant to be yeah. undercover. And what does he say to them? 
he says something in English to them and they can't help but be polite and go, thank you, oh, they've blown their cover on yes. the train platform. And they round them all up uh -huh. and they're meant to be driving them back to camp, the yeah. SS. But instead, in the craven way that Germans of that period used to operate, no yeah, not, not now. Not, not now. now, not now. Not now. Thank you, FIFA. They, um, they say, go out of the lorry and go and urinate, or whatever they say in Germany. Go to the yeah. bathroom, do your business, yeah. boys, and they're in the middle of beautiful a field. Beautiful woods, beautiful clearing within the woods. What a lovely place to drop off the captives for a little <laughs> bit of a break before taking them back on the, on the last part of their journey this towards escape the camp. This escape has filled their life for yeah. their waking hours yes. for months. Yeah. Years, we have followed. years, yes. Roger. A long, long time has failed. Yeah. But they say to each other as they have their cigarettes, as oh. you do, it was in the days before they had government health warnings. And even yeah. if they had a government health warning, what was about to occur would have made that <laughs> redundant. Yeah. Because they say to each other, oh, I'm sorry that the escape didn't work. And uh -huh. what, does, what does Sir Richard Attenborough's, who is the brain of the whole operation, what does he say, David? He's happier than he's ever been in his life, Do you life, know, Rog? in a funny way, he says, very English. Yeah. In a way, I, I've never been happier oh. in my life. And I remember as a kid, still now saying it to you, it's such yeah. a beautiful, as a man who believes that there's apex moments in people's lives yeah. where everything that follows is downhill, this is exhibit A. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. It's basically the definition of being English, that what, moment. And what happens, David? You hear a click yeah. of a German machine gun and going to place. And people turn, the eyes move, and suddenly All the of them. dastardly Germans of that period machine gun them to, be, to yeah. pieces. In a us, funny way, bits. I've never been happier in my life. Those were yeah. his last words. Yeah. Hope they're my last words too, David. Yeah. Well, as you know, I'm just hoping mine aren't, I wish I'd played more golf. That's my entire intention of the rest <laughs> of my life, that my last words will not be, I wish I'd played more golf. The machine gunning was not the only dark part of his life. No. He was also um, on the board of Chelsea. <laughs> it, was very, it brought him a lot of joy, Chelsea In, Football from Club. From the 1970s, yeah. after he turned to the club for help with physical training, in the 1940s, David, yep. for a film role. Yep. And he then went and introduced the likes of Laurence Olivier. Yep. Did you ever sit by him? Frank no, Sinatra, never. John Wayne, Steve McQueen. Yes. To, according to The Independent, to quote, the Chelsea lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and I guess the club. What is the quote, Chelsea lifestyle, David? Come to the shed and we'll welcome you. Wear your blue. See us through. Right, Rog? What a friendly, friendly place. <laughs> We'll take care of everyone who wants to come to the Chelsea, Rog. What a man. Okay, what so, you, so you, you had a week off, Rog. Yeah. All good? Well, I've t told you not, really. No, I'm a bit <laughs> depressed. Just to, I'm trying to get to the root today. of what's going on. My brother just left last Oh, Nigel. When Nigel favourites one of my tweets, Yeah. because you never favourite my tweets, but when Nigel favourites a tweet, yeah. honestly, it fills me with joy. Sends me to the heavens. It does. Yeah. Feeling a bit sad today. Because I feel I'm getting a bit of Bennett love. I was picked up a little bit by some news in the Times. Okay, go ahead. About the Ravens. Did you read it? Yes. Well, I didn't read it, but I saw that there was a link that was sent to We're us. both keen ornithologists. Yeah, they've we, come to New we York. Do another, right? we, do a, um, we do another podcast this called Cosmopolitan Migrations Today. <laughs> <laughs> so what? The Ravens are back in New York City, right, They've Rog? never been present in New York State, New Jersey, or the southern New England area. Yeah. But they're now nesting in our city, David. Wow. And the New York Times, yeah. clearly not listening to our podcast. Yeah. So they're trying to ask themselves, the crap part of Solo we're, every we're, day. We've been cloaked with them. Yeah. They're trying to work out why. They, they, they prognosticate that it's to do with the West Nile virus forcing the ravens out their traditional patterns. Oh, controversial. They say, whatever the reasons for the return of the ravens, birders, yeah. you and me are birders, David, yeah. are celebrating, just like they did with red-tailed hawks, American kestrels, peregrine falcons, 
when they came back to this city. They hear Davo a little bit because of us. The patch people want it. the Guinness <laughs> patch, Davo. I love it. The Ravens are here. Uh, Rog, we're about 238 of the way through the Premier League season. The only thing that reduces us from being all the way there is that Manchester City and Liverpool have not kicked off at the time of podding. Uh, 119. A weekend of glory. That does reduce. A weekend of glory for Spurs fans, Rog. Agony for Evertonians. I'm sorry. And numb acceptance for mid-table United supporters. In this pack pod, we're going to break down all the narrative, look at two Richter-scale transfers, Rog. Thank you, Liverpool. We're going to... Thank you, narrative. Tend to your Ravens and talk about Citroen VXs all in the next 280 minutes. It's going to be a tight one today, Rog. Okay. Should we crack open a Guinness? To the football, David. To the football. It's going to go Here we go. Pants, but I don't it does every day. Oh, oh God, that is beautiful. Oh, that sound. Let's just pour it into this. It's the sound of breakfast. It's nothing like that sound when that thing just goes... Do you see that? That thing that's inside, the little... It's a little man. <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little barmaid. I love that. It's a little barmaid anyway, in there. Cheers, Pull in your pint. Cheers, cheers, mate. Feel better. Oh, okay. Chin up. Okay, to the football, Rog. Everton 2, Arsenal 2. Oh, searing pain. Everton cruising up 2-0 at halftime, Rog, thanks to goals from Seamus Coleman and the blondest Scotsman of all time. And that's saying something, Stephen Naismith. This season's Arsenal bend but do not break. Aaron Ramsey, who else netted in the 83rd minute? And at the death, Olivier Giroud and his pompadour met a Monreal ball with what Arlo White called his meaty French forehead to make it 2-2. Two, two. Arlo White would have been in the great escape, I'll tell you, he? meaty French forehead. Classic Arlo White work. Oh, I love it, David. Can I just come out with another quote by someone who I probably put in the same category as Arlo White? Okay, who's that? Mother Teresa. Yeah, similar. She said... Both from Leicester. I think this is Mother Teresa's meaty French forehead. <laughs> she said, if you love, and I've said this before, if yeah. you love until it hurts, mm-hmm. there can be no more hurt, only love. And when I was watching this game, I realised Mother Teresa clearly was not an Everton fan. Yeah. <laughs> I love them so much, and I'm in so much pain, Dave. So much pain. It's hard for me to even watch an Everton football match now, because all I'm thinking as I'm watching it is I have a, I have a sort of a... Um, a third line going on the whole time, which is, what is this doing to Rog? How's Rog reacting? What's he thinking? Dictionary definition in the face. Let me do this objectively, because yeah. yeah. we are okay. we're objective analysts. Always. So I want to give respect to Arsenal. Yeah. I love the work that they've done to promote the Free the Nipple campaign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That team has 70% nipple. Yeah. 30% pomade. Those shirts are tight. They're tight. Tight. They're very tight. They look like something Jean-Paul Gaultier would have designed for Madonna's tour. Yeah. The backing singers in like the Blonde Ambition tour. Yeah. It's those stripy socks, though, that take away... It's odd because it's such a modern, tight shirt. But the socks are so old school, the stripy socks. At Brian Hegarty, GFOP, yeah. tweeted us at Men and Blazers, Arsenal uh-huh. are wearing a really lovely scoop neck blouse for today's <laughs> game. <laughs> I've got to say, per Mertesacker. Yeah. He looked like he was in, in an amateur dramatic performance of Tootsie <laughs> for that whole game. We'll talk about him a little bit. But this should have been a game, Davo. If you ever want to play Arsenal Football Club, yeah. they struggled to beat Crystal Palace in week one. Yeah. They had to schlep to Turkey yeah. and back again. Yeah. They've got the second leg of the crucial Champions League qualifier. Besiktas. Besiktas! Yes. Which is kind of on their horizon. Everton should have been salivating, Davo. Great time. Home opener. It was, it was, it was. And Arsenal 
go with yeah. a new formation. You praised Alexis Sanchez last week. Yeah. This week? Oh, it didn't have much of a game, Rog. Didn't look that lively. But he's playing up front. They surely did not buy Alexis Sanchez to play up front in a sort of a lone striker role. Well, that's what they would have said about Thierry Henry all those years ago. Yeah, true. And I think, you know, it's always been rumoured they could solve the problem, the striker problem, Mm -hmm. by playing the chunky, aggressive, pacey Alexis Sanchez up front. And before the game, he and Ozil, I don't know if you saw it, they high-fived in the tunnel before Mm -hmm. the game. And Arsenal fans had a Twitter-gasm. Uh, but it turned into, uh, at the keynote said, um, it's an epic short shorts off between Leighton Baines and Alexi Sanchez. And there's one that Baines really won. There was, he just could not provide a focal point for the, uh, for the Arsenal team, Alexis Sanchez. It looked like he was busy twerking while everybody else on the Arsenal side had been instructed to do the horror. It was incredibly ineffectual. Afterwards, Arsenal said, he is not ready physically, but I'm not worried about him. If you... <laughs> That's all my favourite part. David, yeah. We should have a separate David part. David does accents. Just David does awesome. Yeah. And Everton just started to capitalise down the left. Barry swung in a simple ball. Chaos along the Arsenal bat line. Yeah. Seamus Coleman, David. Is he your favourite one-eyebrowed wonder? I must say, the way that Everton play, and I know you sometimes accuse me of patronising you when... Well, it's because you pat me on the head Everton. when you say this. Okay, but as I pat you on the head, the way Everton's full-backs play is, to me... And it's Roberto Martinez. He just has these players. They just pin the opposition back, Leighton on one side, Coleman on the other, and just gives them no end of problems. And it's almost like most teams seem to like generate from their spine. And Everton have a spine. But actually, it's the, the electricity that charges that Everton team. It all comes from those flanks. And it comes from their right back and their left back. It's so wonderful to watch that football rush. There was more to come. Yeah. Lukaku. Lukaku. Huge criticism of him after yeah. that first game. Mm-hmm. Anonymous performance against yeah. Leicester. But suddenly, he mustered the strength to shove aside Murtasaka as if he was just a pile of old newspapers. And we've seen him score that goal before. It was almost identical to a goal I've seen him score for West Bromwich Albion, Rog. But here he chose to go Stockton Malone. Yeah. And he found with a beautiful ball yeah. <coughs> offside slightly. Yeah, offside, just a little bit. Um, Stephen Naismith. Yeah. Blondor season, David. Yeah. I mean, is it too early to start saying that with a straight face? Well, the suntan is wearing off, but he's at least got to be in the reckoning for the Ballon d'Or. Oh, I said transcendent, yeah. translucent, yeah. what you cannot see, and that clearly includes a linesman, David. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He ghosted in. You can't see him beyond the line. You cannot defend. You yeah. cannot defend him. And it was an Ivor Bennett time goal, my dad's oh, favourite time Bennett to score a goal. It. Just a minute before uh, the break. Second time on the run. He scored in the 45th minute. First time ever that in the Premier League. Yeah. And never happened before. And Everton fans sing one Stephen Naismith in full voice. Yeah. I mean, even a year ago, that tune would never have been bellowed out by those gents other than, I guess, ironically. So at this point, how are you feeling watching this game? Going in to halftime, scored a goal in Ivor Bennett time, 2-0 up against Arsenal. Frankly, it not looked very good up to this point. How are you feeling? Well, this, my, my father came here last year yeah. with my mother. We are having dinner yeah. at my house. And mm-hmm. my dad, he announces, he yeah. says, I had a wonderful dream last night. Yes. And we were like, yes. And he goes, I dreamt I was flying. <laughs> I was like, yeah. He goes, I was in New York and I was flying, hovering over the city. It was so liberating. Yeah. And then he said, I have that dream all the time. Does anybody else have that dream? Wow. And my mother didn't even stop to think <laughs> She said, 
I have a dream all the time. I was uh-huh. like, what is it, Mum? She goes, I'm always falling, <gasps> falling, falling. She said, I'm always plunging into a dark hole. That's what I do. I have a recurrent dream that I'm playing rugby and I fall down holes that open up in the rugby pitch. Rod. God, that's so shocking. Always. Because I realise, thinking about life, there's two different kinds of people. Yeah. There's people who fly like a bird above New York City, uh-huh. soaring like my father. And I would have guessed like you, David. Yeah. But what do I do when I'm down the hole? What do you do? Fly out you of make it. Make a lot of money. Fly out of you it. You probably make a lot of money fly in that. I have an idea. Yeah. And fly out of it and make uh, 100 million. And then there's people like me and my mum. Yeah. We plunge, Dave. So at 2-0, I'm not, you ask me how am I feeling. You're not feeling good. Not feeling good. Yeah. 2-0, worried, concerned. And then on comes Olivier Giroud, Dave. Yeah. But still, they get a good 37 minutes of that half. Where they're still leading, Rod. You must have been feeling well, he, pretty he was, good he, around he, the 82nd minute. It was hilarious. An immediate chance from Oxlade-Chamberlain. Beautiful yeah. scoop ball. Yeah. He blew it over. He could have had a hat-trick. He missed another one. Then Tim Howard belged him on another Giroud. Yeah. Arsenal just looked like they were going down with the much-predicted case of chafing run, runner's nipple. Yeah. got to say Wilshire. Yeah. There you go. I know you love England and see on the optimism and good, but boy, has he regressed. I'm not... Although, I've, my thing about Wilshire is that I think that it's the um, it's unfulfilled promise. He's never played enough. It's the, he's been the unsullied. We haven't seen him play enough games ever to really know how good or how bad he really is. His main talent right now, and I may being be wrong injured. on this, Arsenal fans, please tell me if this is h- harsh, yeah. but his main talent appears to be pulling puckish faces. <laughs> he looks less like a football. He looks, looks more like a World War II movie extra, an English yeah. infantryman who answers to the name of Smudge. Get me Smudge! Um, but the game, oh my daughter's nickname. It should have been game over, David. Yeah. But this is a different Arsenal. If it was last year, it would have been over. It would have been 4-0, 5-0. This is an Arsenal who don't give up. No. An Arsenal who, in the World Cup, words of Alexi Lalas were very American. Very American performance, I thought, yeah, it David. It was very American. But, I mean, Arsenal, of course, last season, we've talked about a lot. Their performances against the top six were very, very poor. And you're right, 2-0 down. You thought, oh my God, same old Arsenal. It's the same I as last season. I've picked them to win the Premier League and I thought they were going to lose 5 or 6-0. Everton start and to drop back. We've seen this movie. We've seen this movie so many times before. Everton drop back, drop back. Aaron Ramsey strolls through to latch onto the Cazola pass. Miss Ross Barkley. Yeah. Miss Ross Barkley. N- netting from Miroslav closer range. He's had four goals in his last five games. Everton dropped deeper and deeper. And I'll say, under Moyes, do you remember him? Yeah. We used to drop deeper because he kept throwing on defenders and we'd yeah. end up defending on our goal line. Martinez yeah. keeps throwing on attackers to keep the game stretched. Moyes, we were victims of his pessimism. Martinez were victims of his optimism. And then Olivier Giroud, David. Is there a player that is more kind of bipolar? Giroud sucks, Giroud sucks, Giroud sucks. That was the narrative of that game. And then suddenly Giroud... He's le roi. Right, it's a fantastic finish, but you've got to give Monreal some credit. Chasing down that ball on the left wing, crosses in, fantastic ball. Inches off Jagielka's head. Fantastic ball. Old man Distan just watching, flat-footed, Giroud leaps up, not a hair out of place. Mm -hmm. Two defenders marking one target. That is so Everton, David. Mm -hmm. Crap. In the face, dictionary definition in the face. I'll say Giroud, the commentators were mocking him for kind of 44 minutes of that game. He's like the James Franco of the English Premier League. One minute he's hosting the Oscars with Luis Suarez. <laughs> and everyone says he's a buffoon. The next he goes all 127 hours and is just 
astounding. Yeah. I, mean, I say the frustrating thing for Arsenal fans is the problems yeah. for that team, the lack of a striker, yeah. the lack of a defensive midfielder, which has not been solved since Patrick Vieira left in 2000. Yeah. We, we know those, David. We know those. They don't have a striker who doesn't need 12 chances to finish. But full credit to them. Heavy leg, Champions League, would have collapsed last season. They've got a backbone. They've got a backbone. And at FJ Green says, Everton looks like a Major League Baseball team with a shaky bullpen. No lead is safe. They're entertaining. They're not winning. Yep, we are the Detroit Tigers of the Premier League. It felt very much to me like the US men's national team against Portugal. I think you've got to say, though, Rog, I know this is dark, but for Everton, you know, an away draw at Leicester, 2-2, a home draw against Arsenal. You know what? In the grand scheme of things, those two results are pretty decent. Uh, I know you feel like it's two points that should have been six, but still pretty decent results. And I think for Arsenal, the home win against Palace and then the away draw at Everton, I think a lot of teams are going to struggle to do that well at Goodison. I think a pretty good start to Your the Germans season. Germans are just them. coming back and yeah. suspend judgment on Arsenal till the transfer window shuts. Yeah. I'll say I feel a degree of guilt, David. All the new Everton fans that have been turned on by Tim Howard's World Cup performances yeah. and I guess a handful by my own sly encouragement. Yeah. We got a lot of emails after the game, a lot of tweets. Yeah. Is this what it feels like to be an Everton fan? Yes. And to those listeners yeah. who have just become Evertonians, I just say it's character building. Yeah. Stay the course. Um, but the truth is, and I'll, be, I'll show you my cards, to be an Everton fan, it's to be like, it's like be, being a character in a Tracy Chapman song. <laughs> I'd always hope for better, then maybe together you and me find it. I got no plans. They ain't going nowhere. Take your fast car and Everton keep on driving. Play fantastic there. football, though. For 75 you can minutes. See, but you can see why Everton do so well. I think that it's not only about the number of minutes they play for. The only slightly worrying thing for me around Everton Football Club is that this defensive fragility. Four goals leaked in two games <sighs> in very short amounts of t- time. I'm not sure that that centre-back partnership looks as strong as it did last season early on and the amount of quality in the Premier League this season there is finishing quality there is crossing quality a lot of players coming in playing a lot of foreign players playing their second season in the English Premier League Roger we're seeing it at Tottenham we'll talk about Lamela later seeing it with Monreal we're seeing players playing at a different level uh, right now Sylvain Destam was uh, one of the only Premier League players who was old enough to have actually been at Brad Friedel's bar mitzvah (laughs) maybe time for another option one of my favourite stories about Arsene Wenger last uh-huh. week that came out, he was asked how he avoids social media criticism yeah. and sports talk radio. He claims yeah. to have never heard of sports talk radio. No. And they asked him, what do you listen to on your car uh-huh. when you're driving? And he said, I listen to classical music or pop music from the 70s and 80s. We love that. I love it. That's so perfect. It's got this mental picture now of Arson in the car listening to like No One Is To Blame by Howard Jones. Oh, no, he loves the Pet Shop Boys, Arson. Yeah, he loves the Pet Shop Boys. Against all odds, Phil Collins. Yeah. I can imagine mostly with air supply, all that I love. There's no easy way. Uh It gets harder each day. I wonder what it's Please love me or I'll be gone. I'll be gone. Strikes me as a Marla man, (laughs) Arson. Strikes me as a Marla man. Okay, Rog, uh, Sunderland won. Manchester United won. United's... Anas Horribilis continues. Louis van Gaal's 352 <laughs> formation engenders only disorganisation and fear in another lacklustre display. After Juan Mata opened up the scoring, great take actually, a quarter of an hour in, former Everton and Manchester City midfielder Jack Rodwell, Rod, remember him? 
He nutted home a corner in the 30th minute to earn the Black Cats a point at the Stadium of Light. First point, my United fans, for the Van Gaal era. Yeah. Only 39 more needed to avoid relegation, <laughs> David. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's difficult. It's difficult right now. A lot of people, Rebecca Lua, a colleague at NBC Sports, has picked Manchester United to win the title. And a lot of people, after their really quite brilliant displays in the preseason, including that de- demolition of the Galaxy, Rog, sort of had Man United. They're back. They're under Van Gaal. He's coming back from the World Cup. He's super hot. He's going to get these players playing. And yet, when you look at the team lineups, you look at the starting 11 at the beginning of the game, and you think, oh, suddenly there are players playing at the back. You think, really, is that the best you've got to go and play in a three-man well, defence? He is. He's got seven injured players. Yeah. Um, he's, unbelievably, after the Swansea loss, he said their confidence has been smashed down. Amazingly yes. interesting gambit he's playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, Reds as Blues, David. Yeah. You do not like I Reds. I do not like teams that play in red playing away in blue. I do not like teams that play at home in blue playing away in red. Leicester, Leicester. another team. Played Leicester, played away in red this week. Watching Man United play in blue. It's wrong. It is unholy. Um, and it has to be stopped. Um, yeah, I tell you what else has to be stopped, possibly. Yeah. This three-man bat line, David. Yeah. I mean, he reverted Van Gaal to the three-man bat line that he ditched yeah. in the game against Swansea at half-time. Um, and here, it just seemed to foster confusion, disorientation, inexperience. Uh, Chris Smalling, the grand old age of 24, David, is the elder statesman I know. in that bat line. There's no voice. There's no leadership. Um, and I guess United fans didn't so much as watch that game unravel as wince. But, but the truth is, Rog, that it's not the back line that was a problem in this game. The goal they conceded was from a corner. It was from a set piece. It wasn't in open play. The issue that they've got is that you have a three-man back line so that you have a five-man midfield in which you should be dominating possession. And what's actually happening is that there's no thrust. There's no through line. You love thrust. Oh, my God. And, like, Tom Cleverley is not the man who's going to give you thrust down the middle. Wayne Rooney, for the first time ever, and I think it might have been because he overtrained this, my view is he might have overtrained for the World Cup this summer, he's looking leggy. I've never seen Wayne Rooney look slower. By the way, you can say what you like about Wayne Rooney. He has, throughout his career, been one of the fastest players in the game. People over, don't 10 yards, far. over 10 yards. Over 10 yards. Over 10 yards. Yeah, you know, he's got a lot of speed. He's got a lot of, he's got a lot of speed. He's not the player that leads the break like, uh, like dodgy flapper, Robert. Yeah. But he's always been fast. He's always been fast. He's not looking quick now. He just looks leggy. He looks... Tell you what else looks weird. Rooney's hair now appears to have been moulded out of Legos. (laughs) I just watched that movie this weekend. What a terrific film. My wife said to me, if you are going to spend a fortune on a hair transplant that looks like a toupee, save the money and just buy a toupee. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's meant to be their problem, the defence, and it was a problem. But you think you look at Rooney's partnership with Robin Van Persie. Yeah. They're meant to be the dream combo along with Mata. Yeah. The two of them, five passes to each other the whole yeah. game, two of which were kickoffs. Yeah. I mean, Van Persie just seems so ineffectual. Um, and the team were helpless when Jack Rodwell nod, rose up to nod home the last and corner for the equaliser. By the way, I was very happy for Jack Rodwell. Yeah. Very happy for him. had a tough time at Man City, Rod. 15 months. When he came through at Everton, he was seen as a future England institution. Yeah. Injury, being buried alive at Man City. It's turned him into exhibit A of one of my favourite lists. Mm -hmm. Julian Lescott, David Moyes, Jack Rodwell, the footballing adage, woe to thee who leave Everton.
Yeah. But United, they do, David. I mean, very little upside here. They appear as confused to me as Lord at the VMAs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when Josie came on, did you? Did you get the tingling when I Josie did. came well, on? I did. Well, there is. You just get this collective tingling that you know that suddenly everyone in America is suddenly a Sunderland fan and they just want to see him do it. Dare to Josie. I mean, dare, dare to, to Josie. Josie. At Kate Shadler, trying to see the upside of Manchester United, said she's loving, she's enthralled with LVG in his post-match conversations. Whenever he says a player was tackled, she thinks he's saying that a player was tickled. She said that would make for tickled, a, for tickled, a, for tickled. A, that would make for a very different, probably a, a higher rating game. Yeah, in we're doing it. very, very well. I would uh, United have Burnley and QPR to follow, so there is room for them to improve, Dave. Oh, an improvement very much their narrative right now. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, $106 million rumoured to be the price that they are paying for uh, Angel Di Maria. This is, I think, I read today, this is more than £200 million. That's something like $330 million, Roger, that they've spent in the last year. And still, they've got no one in central defence or central midfield to show for it. At an anonymity outlet tweeted this and said, one more overpriced player who doesn't fix our needs. Ed Woodward, who's a gentleman in charge of overseeing the transfers, is as competent at his job as Hodor would be writing philosophy. There's a question of where do you play this guy with Mata RVP? and Rooney in the team. Yeah. But they've already spent, before Di Maria, $126 million just this summer, which is the most ever by United yeah. in a transfer window. But yeah, what have they spent it on? Is mm-hmm. there a plan? It's Edward Wood's third transfer window. He's the vice chairman at United. They have all these number nines. Yeah. Javier Hernandez, Robin Van Persie, Danny Welbeck, James yeah. Wilson, um, and arguably Wayne Rooney, depending on where he wants to play. All the number 10s, Fellaini, Adnan, uh, Kagawa and Mata and you see a game against so you see them crying out for, as you say Dave for cover across the bat line yeah Luke Shaw's injured I think that's gonna he's gonna help him when he comes back they've got plenty of other injuries Herrera injured uh, obviously this weekend as well and Rojo still to come yeah without a doubt uh, Chelsea to Leicester City that is America that is the correct pronunciation Leicester City um, Neil, despite a plucky start from Premier League new boys Leicester, second half goals from Diego Costa, Eden Hazard, as well as a strong performance from Thibaut Courtois, Rog, uh, were enough to give Chelsea a victorious home opener at Stamford Bridge. And some last happiness for Sir Richard. Yeah, last happiness. I, I hope that gave him joy before he passed this weekend. It was an impressive performance. Second, first half, not so much, but never looked uh, that threatened. David Nugent had a fantastic uh, chance at the beginning of the second half. Roger. Two of them. Uh, Thibaut, well, one of them was actually, he did pretty well. Courtois with a fairly good save. The second one, though, fantastic save. Uh, Jose Mourinho vindicated in his decision in that moment to select Courtois ahead of Chech. Um, fantastic save. And also, but the, the thing about Courtois that's most impressive, Rog, as good as his shot stopping is, his distribution, his ability, his speed with getting the ball out of his hands, out of his feet, and being able to pick a player. Um, one sensational throw to release Eden Hazard on the left towards the end of the game. Being brave enough to play without a helmet. Yeah. But I think the difference for Chelsea this season, Rog, uh, versus last season, is that there was no sense at any time of that game where you didn't see the goal coming. Just didn't... You know, Chelsea have had more shots on goal, more attempts, more chances created than any team in the Premier League. 27 shots to six in this um, game. Eden Hazard, more take-ons, more successful t- take-ons than any player in the Premier League this season. And ultimately, it seemed... Um, and Ivanovic getting forward, 
he seems to be given a His new first name is Undersung. Yeah, I know. I know, Branislav. Um, it is a, uh, it's a phenomenal... Um, he's getting forward. He's almost playing as a, as a second striker at points in the game. He actually played as a lone striker during preseason. Uh, he gets forward for the first goal, uh, crosses it. Actually, it gets, it gets uh, ricocheted into the chest of Costa. Costa did very well with that ball. I mean, to control it and finish it. I don't think we've had another Chelsea striker in a while. Who could have poke it through Casper Schmeichel, who, yeah. by the way, had, had a what terrific a game. game. What a game. Son of one of the greatest Manchester United goalies Peter of all time. Peter Schmeichel. A, a, a Dane who was nicknamed the Mad Muller. Always yeah. one of my favourite nicknames. He'd been so alert, possibly will be disappointed uh, with his reaction to Diego Costa. But Diego Costa, he scores all kinds of goals, David, yeah. and we saw that. And the thing I love about him, he's emphatic. Rog. No, I was going to say that he looks like Fred Flintstone. <laughs> okay. He looks like a man who showers and then drives himself home in a car where his yeah. feet go through the floor and he kind of propels himself back to his casa. His, his, he's a strange-looking man, I think it would be fair to say. His face does not appear fully formed. Yet. <laughs> Yet. Um, the, uh, can we say in praise to Leicester City, David? Yeah, Leicester. They weren't coyed. They played great. They, they played fantastic. Second week in a row. Organised. Yeah. I love that Algerian winger, Riyad Mahrez. Yeah. Delight. And at times, Dave, and this is interesting, Matic and Fabregas. Yeah. They were outnumbered. They were exposed. Yeah. Unable to impose themselves. Mourinho, after the game, I love this one, he blamed, quote, the weather. Yeah. Suggesting that his team of Brazilians and Spaniards yeah. had been made, quote, lazy by the temerity of an English autumn sun. Yeah. I think you can add Russians to that list. Yeah. <laughs> that, that pit sweat an amazing performance by Roman's armpits in this game but when um, he lay back in that box and he puts his arms ahead, uh, above his head massive pit like sweat the Baltic massive Ocean pit had sweat. erupted yeah. somewhere underneath his armpits yeah. I know he listens to this pod yeah, Roman stop using crystals yeah. as deodorant even though your crystals are probably made by Swarovski second Chelsea goal Rog Eden Hazard finishes them off fantastic move takes a defender uh, just off a standing start and just skins him. Skins and why, him. though? When you go 2-0 up, is it game over, David? Why are you flying like my dad? Yeah. But when Everton go 2-0 up, yeah. falling like my dad. Well, mom. Everton were 2-0 up way too early, Rog, as you well know. You can't go 2-0 up by half-time way too early. We should say watching Fabregas yeah. in blue yeah. for Arsenal fans. Yeah. We asked them to articulate their feelings at Wong Wong's, a wonderful website, by the uh-huh. way. If you uh, uh, Google it, it's an yeah. amazing, amazing amount of football product there. He said, watching Fabregas play for Chelsea is like watching your parents have sex. Yeah. From Jack Laguna, like watching your ex date a homeless person and claim they are the happiest they've ever been. <laughs> this pod is the first pod since we saw Fabregas' opening game against Burnley. That, that assist, Rog, which uh, we sent out and said that's better than an assist. We got one great recommendation. It's a fabric assist. We're going to look for the fabric assists this season. At NT Manning says, yeah. watching Fabregas play for Chelsea as an Arsenal fan is like watching Kyle Beckerman if he ever played for Mexico. <laughs> also, by the way, Mourinho, yeah. post-game. Loved him. Looking ahead to next month, possibly, yeah. when you, he's going to be playing Manchester City away, Arsenal at home, United away, Liverpool away within seven weeks. He says Chelsea will continue to develop into what he called a pass-and-move team, Dave. A work in progress still, according to Mourinho. Yeah, well, I think they are a pass-move team. We've given Leicester a lot of credit, but we've got to say, new hero to many, the unleashed. Gary Taylor-Fletcher, Rog. He's the Prince Fielder of the English Premier League. Yeah, he's larger than that. He looks like he ate Wilson Phillips in the (laughs) off-season. He's bigger than the pie factory. Uh Julius Caesar, let me have men around me that are fat. Yeah. At Tyler Hale said, 
You've talked about smalls. Uh-huh. You've talked about talls. Uh-huh. You've talked about big bottom smalls, but he's a whole new body shape category, yeah. which is a big, everything big. <laughs> big, everything big. I love a bed. Like I me. love a bed. I am a big... Um, and at Phil Keidel, I love yeah. this one. He says, at Men in Blazers, Gary Taylor Fletcher is eating for two, his last names. He's actually hyphenated his name after meeting his wife, David. Huh. He's a modern man. Wow, that's so modern. I should be Roger... Kroll Bennett. You should be Roger Kroll Bennett. I'll refer to you as that. Okay, Rog. Over in North London, Tottenham 4, QPR 0. Spurs collect their second straight win and ruin former manager Ari Redknapp's return to White Hart Lane. Behind two goals from Nasser Chadley, he's a bit Belgian, uh, and English-born Portuguese-raised GFOP Eric Dyer, Rog, continues his pursuit of the golden boot from right back. Right back this week, Rog, heading in a corner for his second goal in as many games. Got a new word for you, Rog. Strafender. It's a defender who finishes like a striker. A splendid defender. Oh, Strafender. It's like, you know, Ivanovic is a Strafender. Skirtle, a Strafender. Eric Dyer yeah. is possibly the most famous hybrid identity thing to emerge from Portugal <laughs> since Nelly Furtado, David. Good, I like it. That's an excellent one. Got a nickname for him. Which is? The Dyer Wolf. Oh, the Dyer Wolf. He was raised in Portugal by wolves. <laughs> his post-match interview is extraordinary because he's still... He's, English is evidently not his first language and he speaks in an absolutely unplaceable, unplaceable accent. Yeah. He had the translator, didn't he? Yeah. Standing by. <laughs> Ready to go. He's I don't a, know about that. He's English. He's hands yeah. off him. He can actually play for Portugal. Yeah. Hands off him. But look, I'd have to say, quite apart from the finish, a fantastic glancing header, getting himself free, nodding it back from outside the goal zone, back towards into the inside post. He just had a fantastic game. He looks comfortable on the ball. He's great in the air. His uh, delivery was fantastic. Decision-making smart. He looks like the real deal. Yeah, he did. I mean, Nabil Bentaleb. Yeah. Nasser Chadley. Eric Lamella. God, I love that man. He's the star. My God, what a second season he is having so far in the Premier League. He's got the naturally heavy eyes of Adam Lambert. Yeah. And the ability to cut a team apart like Gareth Bale. Yeah. Um, 48 passes for Chadley's second goal. Yeah, that's twice as long. Twice as long as any Premier League goal scored in 2013 14, David. 4-0. Can you imagine what the score would have been if um, DeAndre Yedlin was playing? Yeah, I know. It would have been amazing. That would have been dominant from both flanks. Um, Tough for Harry Redknapp. Yeah, Harry. Return to White Hart Lane. Yeah. Must have felt like salt in the mouth. Yeah, he goes and, uh, he goes and claps, cheers at the, uh, the Tottenham fans and the QPR <laughs> fans start booing him. I love it. But it's amazing to think. It was only February 2012. Yeah. He was leading Spurs to glory. Yeah. He was the presumed next England national team manager in waiting. He's like the Chris Christie of football. One minute yeah. he's the presidential front runner. And the next he's just a Machiavellian bridge closer going through the motions at QPR. Have Spurs, question from GFOP Lance Payne, just like scoring too soon, are Spurs top of the table much too early? They might be top of the table too early, but I think in Pochettino they found the right man for that group of talent, and it's very, very early. But what I like versus Sherwood versus Redknapp is you've got a guy who is tactically looking at the players he's got and figuring out, okay, what is the system we're going to go and play? They're fluid. He's obviously a guy who has enormous confidence in his players. He's making them feel great. We've heard, uh, by the way, that uh, from uh, Dyer's camp that they just love, these players love playing for this man. 
He's inspirational. He believes in them. He's a very good communicator of what he's looking for in the practice field. What they do in the practice field, it absolutely um, uh, transfers to match day. And uh, I'm really enjoying watching Tottenham. I actually stood up and cheered a Tottenham goal this weekend, which is the first time I've done that in my life. I think they're going to be really enjoyable to watch this season. Pochettino after the game. Being top now is nothing with just two games in. Most important thing is to develop our style. And today the team showed they can do the basics. We have an unbelievable squad, he said, David, which must thrill Spurs fans. Um, When we play like a team together, we can achieve something. By something, do you think he meant a Europa League? Yeah, (laughs) maybe. But the other thing they've got, by the way, is in Loris. I've thought for a long time is that he is such a superb goalkeeper. We talked a lot about Manuel Neuer during the World Cup, that he's a ball-playing goalkeeper. Almost gives him an unfair advantage, gives him an extra man at the back. Of all the goalkeepers in the Premier League, Loris is the one guy that seems to me that he can do the same, that he can play the ball, that he can find an outlet, that he can start the uh, attack. Sweeper, keeper yeah. and Strafendus. Yeah, exactly. I mean, by the both. way, QPR were that bad, it's hard to oh. proclaim Spurs are that good. Liverpool await next week. Joey Barton was their best player. They will prefer, they'll prove a better litmus test, but honestly, Spurs fans should enjoy it because they absolutely and completely deserve every second. Lovely to hear Ian Dark commentating on oh, the Oh, Darky. Uh, on NBC. Lovely to hear A that. lot of you tweeted to find out had we kidnapped Sir Ian and brought him with us to yeah. NBC. Yeah. We <laughs> wish. Yeah, this was just a, uh, it was a one game, it was a one game thing. Uh, Crystal Palace won West Ham 3, too spectacular, and it should be said, very un-West Ham goals, Rog, from uh, Mauro Zarati and Stuart Downing helped the Hammers build a lead that not even a wonder strike from hero to all those follically challenged Mauro and Shamak. Could overcome. Yeah, Mauro Zarati absolutely excelled. Uncharacteristically brazen attacking football by West mm-hmm. Ham, David. Yeah. And Shamak yeah. for Crystal Palace, about whom we'll talk a little bit later yeah. about their managerial go-around. Two goals in two games for Marouane. A yeah. goal for each clump of hair he has on his head. <laughs> By the way, I've, come, I've been thinking a lot about his hair this week, Marouane uh-huh. Shamak. I've come to realise uh, he's won me over. It has? Yeah. I think he's kept his hair yeah. as a message of, of heroic calm <laughs> to all those who suffer from balding around the globe, all the yeah. men and women around the globe. Yeah. He's like some kind of Marvel comic hero aiming at the 38 to 58 market. I like it. The balding Avenger. That's good. I like it. I love you, Marouane Schumacher. Uh, another team that play in red and blue, Rog, Aston Villa nil, Newcastle nil. I listened to this on the radio, Roger, on my way up to Massachusetts to pick up my daughter from camp. comedy clinic of finishing. wonderful. A combination of offensive ineptitude and the strong hands of new USA number one, Brad Guzan, Rog, resulted in a nil-nil draw at Villa Park. Newcastle has registered just four shots on goal in their first two games, though if the stat for total whiffed air shots was maintained, they would lead the league. It was a comedy clinic of finishing, David. Yeah. But Brad Guzan... The new, as you say, US number one. The big polar bear yeah. kept Villa in it very, very late. Massive saves. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, you reference new USA number one. Tim Howard's announced that he will leave uh, the US team for one year. He's going to take a year off. And um, raises the question. It's a brave move. Brad Gazan, this is his chance to really prove himself. It might make it difficult for Tim Howard to come back as the US number one. 
Well, he's had such a fascinating career, Brad Guzan. He's been a number two, yeah. both at the club level and the uh, and the international level for yeah. Eons. Um, he's won the job yeah. at Aston Villa. And Howard's the all-time leader for US, 104 appearances, 55 victories. He's second in shutouts, 34. And there's no doubt his break is well-earned. Um, he's taken it also in a downtime in US qualifying cycles. I'd expect Jurgen will make Tim Howard try and earn his spot back when he does uh, come back. And all I'll say, it's Guzan's place to lose now. Yeah. Very, very Jurgen, that would be. Swansea 1, Burnley 0. One of the surprises of this Premier League season right now, Swansea, Rog. Powerhouse. Welsh powerhouse. Powerhouse. Uh, Swansea get their second win in as many games thanks to a goal from Nathan Dyer. Back-to-back losses for Burnley, who are finding the Premier League more challenging than an overbaked pie. What an atmosphere, David. Great atmosphere. Liberty Stadium. Yeah. Libraries like the Emirates and the Etihad. Yeah. We must go to Wales, David. I'd love to go to Swansea. I actually think that, you know, know, we always get asked, like, find me a team in the Premier League to follow. I know that you want everybody with Everton, Rog. But Swansea, Swansea, not a bad choice uh, for fandom. When they went 1-0 ahead, the fans chanted, we're going to win the league. (laughs) Finally, Rog, uh, Southampton nil, West Brom nil, Hull won. Stoke won. Southampton get their first point of the season in front of their home fans. Uh, and Stoke salvage a point, riding goal line technology to confirm Ryan Shawcross's, another Strafender Rodge, his short-range stab across the line in the 83rd minute. Transfer news, David. Yeah, huge Massive. news. Mario Balotelli is coming back to the Premier League. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you, gods of narrative. He had the longest medical in footballing history, David. Yeah. Honestly, the, the whole transfer... Dr. Iqbal. I can imagine, I imagine it was probably more mental tests than uh-huh. it was kind of the traditional physical ones they do. Imagine him holding up flashcards with Phil Jones's face on them, seeing how he reacts. But the whole transfer, it's taken weeks. It felt like, it felt like a, the longest thing I've ever been involved in was the slow dance I had to have to take my breath away by Berlin during my bar mitzvah. Seemed to go on forever and ever and ever. This medical... And this whole transfer seemed to be twice as long. I can categorically tell you Mario Balotelli will not be at Liverpool, Brendan Rodgers said earlier this month. Yeah. He's either not in control of the club's transfers, Davo, or he's a man not to play poker with. How do you feel? I mean, we can weigh up the pros, we can weigh up the cons. You'll remember Ballo from his numerous misdemeanours, fireworks in his bathroom, the darts thrown at youth team players, training ground bust-ups with his teammates and even his manager, Davo, yeah. at Manchester fireworks City. in the bathroom. Um, yeah, I mean, look, on paper, I think you'd have to give Liverpool a lot of credit for pulling this off, especially if they complete the transfer of Barini, uh, Rog. Really, just for a few million net... They've managed to bring in one of the best strikers in world football and got rid of Barini, a player who's had some you know, promise, Rog, but is, is not at the level of Balotelli. Um, the thing that worries me is in a team that, without any doubt, has all been pulling in the same direction, that team play, this sort of um, phenomenal sort of dynamic that exists, these young players coming through, I just worry what this move is going to say to a player like Daniel Sturridge. I wonder what it's going to say to... A player, what kind of influence is going to be on a player like Raheem Sterling? Um, I just I worry about the effect bringing in a player like Balotelli is going to have on team. He's never struck me at any point in his career, Balo, as a guy, he's a player of phenomenal ability, but not as a player who's going to come in and really put the team first. There's no doubt he's a risk. Yeah. But Brendan Rodgers, he is a risk taker. Yeah. And I think he's asking himself, does the good outweigh the bad? Or does the bad 
outweigh the good 26.5 million. Is that a bargain, Davo, for a man who's proven in the Premier League, who's won, it, won the title, won the Champions League? Or should Liverpool be saying, hang on a minute, why is he going for that price? The Italian newspaper Carreria della Sera said, um, capturing the essence for me of Balotelli, they said the strange talent the player has of making everyone happy when he arrives and even happier when he leaves. It's like buying a boat. <laughs> Just like buying a boat, Rod. Um, I sat down with Sturridge last season. Yeah. And he, he, he was seen as a petulant young striker with wasted potential when he arrived. And he talked about Brendan Rodgers as a father figure. He yeah. used those words. Uh, a man who challenged him and inspired him to bring out his best. But the number of men, David, this is what perplexes me, the number of men who've tried to be Balotelli's father figure, Mourinho, yeah. who pronounced him uncoachable, Roberto Mancini yeah. talked about being a father figure. Cesare Prandelli, the Italian yeah. national team coach, who was a, a gorgeous man who yeah. loved Balotelli and was ultimately let down with him. Um, Danny Odom, a GFOP, says, aren't they divorcing the wife, Luis Suarez, because of her crazy family, then marrying her sister? Yeah. We will see. A jury is still out whether Liverpool and the club and Balotelli will, will fit. But I have to say, being a Liverpoolian myself... I think he's going to thrive in the city. We've got a history of kind of cheat comedy, chutzpah, a sense of injustice fostered from the 1980s, anger. We're outsiders. You'd say that, wouldn't you, in England? Yeah, maybe. I mean, the, the football fans, we used to call ourselves scallies from the word scallywag. Scalatelli. I think he's going to be the perfect scouser, David. I think the other thing it speaks to is I always laugh when I hear you know, fans calling into radio talk shows and saying, you know, all we need is a, we just need to find a, a 20 to 25 goal a season striker and then we're going to be all right. We can play with anyone. The reality is there are very few guys around in world football who can be 20 to 25 goal a season strikers. Balotelli is a guy who can chip in that many goals. Liverpool, Liverpool, if they are going to compete this year, they've got to replace the goals from Luis Suarez. And there are very, very few options in world football to go to to go and replace those goals. It's only him and Ricky Lambert. Yeah, Ricky. <laughs> Ricky. Another huge transfer, Rog, in MLS this weekend. US World Cup hero Jermaine Jones is coming home and going abroad at the same time in a way only a German US men's national team player can. Jones, who played last season in Turkey for Besik Tass, will join the New England Revolution. The Revs and the Chicago Fire were both interested in Jones' services, so MLS held a blind draw, Rog, this sounds a little peculiar, that New England won. His contract is reportedly worth around $4.5 million. Do Does an MLS literally just make up crap to go and decide where players go? I like the blind draw aspect, you do? David. Yeah. But why didn't they televise this? Why didn't they I was going to say, you're a game show expert. Yeah, I know, it should have been televised. How would you have stated it? It would have been genius. Just put the owners of the two teams... Yeah. Plus the commissioner right there and do the blind draw at halftime. Would Don't you, invite Sunil. Would you have done Anybody a, <laughs> who came to our Portland show will know why. Do not invite Sunil. He'll blow it. Would you have done a? Would you do a blind draw or would you have a pistol with one bullet in it? Maybe a game of skill of some kind. Russian that would roulette. Would have been good. MLS trivia. Everyone, I've got MLS to tell trivia you, would have been the good. The ratings for yeah. a Russian roulette for yeah, Jermaine Jones for the winner would have been. It would have drawn big in the demo, David. Yeah. Uh, credit MLS. I've got to say, they continue to go all in on the men's yeah. national team as the core of their marketing efforts. Remember when it began, Dave, they, they kind of banked on South American and Central American stars to bring yeah. in the, the Latino audience. Yeah. Then they moved to big-name Europeans like Beckham and Henri. Yeah. And you see a shift now. The league is really made in America. Mm-hmm. I, I really admire that. Clint, Michael Bradley, Zuzi Bezler, mm-hmm. 
And now Jermaine Jones, probably the most American man of all, loves, yeah. loves, loves this country. When you hear him talk about this country, he sounds a little bit like me, but he speaks English better. Yeah. Uh, one sadness is New England is a very oddly run team. Bob yeah. Kraft of the New England Patriots yeah. fame seems to use it just as a way to augment the concessions. Foxborough, not a great stadium to watch it's, football in either. old school MLS, huge NFL stadium. Yeah. It's not Portland, it's not yeah. Seattle, it's not that Kansas City vibe. But yeah. Jermaine Jones is a massive personality and a wonderful bloke, and I'm thrilled. Talking that about he's MLS, Oberfemi Martin's goal this weekend for Seattle against Portland. What a cracker. If you haven't seen it, uh, go on the YouTube and look that up. Fantastic stuff. Uh, on to your Ravens from Dan Schroeder from Madison, Wisconsin. That's another great American name. Seems normal to you. We just do not have Dan Schroeder. Hey, here's Danny Schroeder. Hey, here's Danny Schroeder. We don't have those in uh, England. Uh, from Madison, Wisconsin. I'm so confused. Does this whole Cardiff City racist text message scandal make the king of evil stereotypes, owner Vincent Tan, actually look like a better human being for having rid himself of Malky Mackay and Ian Moody? Well, if you haven't followed the story, uh, former... Cardiff City manager Malcolm Mackay was basically hired at Crystal Palace to be their new manager and suddenly Vincent Tan released a bunch of text messages. Not quite sure how he had them all. Maybe they were, the, they were the, dealt on a Cardiff City phone. The lawyers uh, season. Oh, so a bunch of text messages. I have them here. Uh, between him they and are, Moody. They are truly. That he sent during his tenure as Cardiff City manager. He forwarded them to Crystal Palace, and Crystal Palace, in the end, decided they could not go forward with Malcolm McKay. Well, I admire the way Vincent Tan played this whole, this whole thing, David. I mean, first he humiliated McKay. McKay, if you remember, left with the upper hand. He told the story that he wasn't able to get transfers to help Cardiff move forward, so he was leaving. We all felt for Malcolm McKay, David, yeah. against Vincent Tan. Suddenly... Eight months ago, he had to do a U-turn, and he put out a statement to lawyers saying he's sorry for all the offence he's caused to everyone at Cardiff, including especially Vincent Tan. So Vincent Tan clearly had the upper hand, and he humiliated uh, him back then. But now he's come back when he was on the brink, Mackay, of getting another job in football at Crystal Palace, and he has destroyed brilliantly, ruthlessly, in terms of his timing, uh, Mackay's career. Machiavellian brilliance. He's completely out of the I admire Vincent Tan for this. I don't even... Well, admire him. I just think this was ultimately, this was ethical, what he did. I think he had to share it. He knew what a man Malcolm Mackay was, and he shared it. But he could have done it eight months ago, but he waited until Mackay was about to get another job in football, and then he suddenly leaked it. That is what is so ruthless about this. I'll say Tan is still the man who turned the proud Cardiff club into a marketing tool for his own interest, making the Bluebirds play in red. By the way, do we know that Vincent Tan leaked this? We know that Vincent Tan sent it to Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace... The entire process by which they've searched for their new manager has been leaked to the press. I'm not sure we know exactly where this dossier came from and got it got into the press's hands. I think they may be hiring Jimmy the Greek as <laughs> their next see. manager, David. Okay, Rog, the winner of the coveted Guinness Men in Blazers <sighs> poet, philosopher, soccer scribe, Raven of the Week is Eddie Lewin. Hello, David and Rog. My father-in-law knows I was a fan of soccer, so last Christmas he bought me a Manchester United jersey. While the gift was well-intentioned, I actually support Liverpool. But playing the role of wonderful son-in-law, I did in fact don that piece of filth when he came to visit. My only solace was that very same day Man United had rolled over and urinated all over themselves in the league. Much to my surprise, while I was out on the street with my father-in-law in the United jersey, multiple people would walk by and give me a knowing look and say something along the lines of, tough one today, 
The only words I had for this feeling was pure exhilaration. <laughs> My question is this. Is donning the kit of a rival on the day of a tough loss in order to be a literal wolf in sheep's clothing something to be proud of? So what you do is you wear the shirt of a team you don't support on a day that they've lost a terrible game when you're with a mate who supports that team just to have people say things to you in order to humiliate your friend, even though you're the object of the things that person says. Oh, I love men. Ger- I love men, The Ross. Germans have a word for that, David. Which is? I can't remember. Schadenfreude. Oh, Schadenfreude. Is this Schadenfreude? It's different than Schadenfreude. This is some sort of bizarre form of reverse wheels within wheels Schadenfreude. It's a different way to play the Schadenfreude, Schadenfreude game. Schadenfreude is a, is a, a, a man who uh, Ed Woodward is trying to sign for the central midfield for a lot of money right now. It's one of the greatest fears of my life, David. Which is? Wearing the wrong jersey. Yeah. And that's why I'd say, I'd say stop it. Not because it's, it's humanly fairly repulsive, but like, I, I cannot touch or look at a Liverpool jersey. Yeah. Once when I was watching a derby game with my sister's boyfriend, now yeah. husband, who's a lifelong Liverpool fan, yeah. he persuaded my uh, th- then three-year-old Samson, my yeah. oldest son, to wear a Liverpool jersey. Uh-huh. And before I could stop him, he took a photo of Samson wearing it. Yeah. And it, I, some days when I can't sleep, I think about it. <laughs> it hounds me. Because when Everton play Liverpool, the Everton fans lift up a photo of Steven Gerrard, who grew up in Evertonia. Yeah. When he was about five or six, you can Google it, wearing an Everton jersey uh-huh. with the Everton league title trophy. Uh-huh. And they lift, it, they lift it up saying, once a blue, always a blue. And now I know there's a picture of my son out there. And should he ever play for Everton? Yeah. I know it's going to appear on Derby Day, Day wearing a huge banner. Yeah. And yeah. Honestly, Do you know who will reveal it? Your brother, Nigel, <laughs> who is a massive <laughs> Liverpool fan. I'd honestly prefer the Samson down the line. Yeah. Was in some kind of sordid sex video than wear a jersey that is not an Everton one. Uh, you're right, Rog. Your weekend looks like this Burnley versus Manchester United, 7.45 a.m. this Saturday. Everton versus Chelsea. <gasps> it's the Men in Blazers derby, I'm Rog. Falling. So early I'm in the falling. season. Uh, 12.30 p.m. Saturday. Even if we lose, Rog, we've still got more points than you. Spurs versus Liverpool at 8.30 a.m. on Sunday. And in an MLS, Toronto FC versus New England Revolution, 5 p.m. Saturday. And a uh, potential, Rog, for a Michael Bradley, Jermaine Jones matchup. Amazing. That would be amazing. You may be able to see that. Many ways to connect to us. One is our Amazon Emporium, which helps keep the show going. Anytime you go on Amazon for items, big or small, just click off the Emporium page. And Men in Blazers gets a tiny percentage that allows us to cover the costs of creating the show. Rog, what are you putting into the Emporium this week? A DVD. Wow, what DVD? Even though people don't watch them anymore. Okay, what's it going to be? I watched the trip to Italy this weekend. (gasps) I can't believe I haven't seen it. How is it? Is it amazing? It's amazing. Steve Coogan, Rob Bryden. Yeah. um, Two gentlemen. Yeah. British comedians. Yeah. You've probably seen the trip. If you haven't, I'm going to put the trip in the Are you DVD. Going to put the trip the and trip. the trip too. I'm not sure if it's out on okay, DVD you're just yet. Just going to put the trip in. It's okay. amazing. Just watch the trip. You probably yeah. have already, but if you haven't, just stop listening now and go and watch it. Because beneath the comedy, they yeah. mind the kind of conversations all men have after the age of 35. It's yeah. really, it's beautiful and magnificent. But it also reminds me of your concept for us for the Euros. Oh yeah, we want to travel in a Citroen. VX, that's one of those Citroens that goes up on its air. Classic 1980s vehicle. 
And it was a 1970s vehicle, maybe. I can't remember what year they made that. And uh, we want to travel around the Euros. Uh, we make at Embassy Row in the crap part of Soho comedians in cars getting coffee. So we are now experts in covering conversation this football, in cars. This would be football analysts in cars drinking Lillet. We love that. I love Lillet. By the way, yeah. we have talked about, yeah. and we may well do this. Uh-huh. I'd like to do this very much, David. Yeah. One of my goals is to drive around England with him yeah. and Wales, Swansea. Yeah. Just a stroke. When we were growing up, there was a show called Entertainment USA, yeah. which was done by an English DJ called Jonathan King, who was yeah. then very cool, but now, like every child icon yes. of that period, he is locked up in Her Majesty's Pleasure yeah. for various sordid sex offences. Terrible. Um, and every single half an hour on a Thursday night, he'd appear on British television and he would make every single American city look. Oh, like the most glamorous place in the world today. I'm in Salt Lake City. Yes. And then and next week I'm going to Harrisburg. <laughs> and he would like pop up because all your movies came out six months before in America then, but then yeah. they did in England. And he'd be like, there's a movie sweeping America. It's called Ghostbusters. You won't be able to see it for another 11 it's months. in the future. Let me future, show you the future, trailer. Future. We'd watch it. It looked amazing. Yeah, America looked amazing. Yeah. And then he'd be like, here's a duo that are really getting the kids rocking. It's Daryl yeah. Hall and John Oates. And yeah. he played Manita. I'd never seen it before. It was scintillating my life changed i would like to go with you around every single english premier league city you americans all think that every single club is in london what part of london is sunderland in then um i'd love to go like can you imagine an episode where we say from leicester to hull yeah and we drive to get what car would we drive in for this God, anything. Roger. I've never been from Leicester to Hull. Oh, it'd be amazing. I've then never been to Leicester or to Hull. I would take you to Phil Larkin's birthplace, David. Yeah. And we could just introduce Americans to the culture of each Premier League club yeah. city. We need to do that. Let's go and talk to NBC about that. We need to do it. I'm going to put in, Roger, another DVD. I'm going to put in The Great Escape. I'm sure a lot of GFOBs haven't watched The Great Escape. I'm going to put that movie in. Watch them both. Changing my choice. Yeah, great. England. Yeah, that's very good. Uh, second way to connect to us, Rog, our newsletter, The Raven, fueled by Guinness. It collates the best ravens in our own writing on a weekly basis. Sign up via meninblazers.com. We'll both post what we are reading, listening to, or watching. Also, new listeners, please download on iTunes and Amazon our best of album. Uh, still soaring up the Billboard comedy charts, Rog. What is bigger than number one? Because it's going to get there. Uh, <laughs> Men in Blazers unbuttoned. Now that's what I call suboptimal. Uh, also, click on our wonderful, independently GFOP-maintained Wikispaces. I had to use it this weekend, Rog, to find out what exactly we had said about uh, Lady Edith. And it was very good. It was very well uh, maintained, exactly what I'd said about Lady Edith. Um, that's meninblazers.wikispaces.com, a wonder of the modern world. Uh, as always, you can find us at meninblazers.com. Follow us on Twitter, at MCDavis, at Roger Bennett, uh, at meninblazers. Go to our Instagram, meninblazers. Uh, like us on Facebook. Email us at meninblazers at gmail.com. Send your ravens to the crap part of Soho. They're very popular all over this great city of ours now, David. They are Rog Vendepunkt. War pig! Who wants to sex Matombo? Oh, explosion. Courage. Size the day. Is that your analysis? No sleep till Moscow slash Moscow. Abrogado. Rock on, mate. Oh, Kung Fu fight in America. Love you, Rog. Love you, David. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Men in Blazers ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com slash survey. 
Okay, so if you had a time machine, how far mm-hmm. in time would you need to go back to be a dominant basketball player of that era? <laughs> I need to go to when Bob Cousy was playing. Back I in, would, in the plumber 27 year old Shay would give Bob Cousy the fing business. <laughs> He's not guarding me. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondering. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the best. Each week, Shay and I are combing through all of the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling ones, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Six Trophies ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.